Hey everyone, welcome back to the Wooden Cross episode once again. Uh, I'm your host Im Long, and in this episode, I'm happy to have Miss Suchi here uh, with us. And basically, in this episode, we'll be discussing a few things on the role of women in our churches. So, um, before we move on, I would like to welcome Suchi to the Wooden Cross podcast. Hello, thank you. Would you like to tell us something about yourself, what you have been doing, and what you are doing now? Okay. Yeah, thank you. Uh, as introduced, I'm Suchi Chang. I graduated my Bachelor of Arts in Philosophy from Patkai Christian College, then completed my Bachelor of Divinity from Union Biblical Seminary Pune, and currently continuing in UBS for my MTH, that is Master in Theology, in the Department of Christian Theology. Yeah, so that's all about me. Thank you. That's great. Yeah, just out of curiosity, what made you choose uh, philosophy as your subject of interest in your BA studies? Oh yeah, actually, there is a very long story behind it, and a very funny one as well. <laughs> yeah. So what happened was, uh, I actually took up uh, science in my higher secondary, that is eleven and twelve. So right mm-hmm. after I completed my twelve. I was, you know, I got a calling to do my theological studies, but uh, a spiritual brother of mine, he's like a spiritual guide. Uh, I, I approached him and told him that I'm interested in theological studies, and he guided and he kind of adv- advised me to take up right. BA first before going for theological studies, which would give me a more added mm-hmm. value. So uh, I asked right. him uh, what. What or which subject should I take for my BA? And he advised that I should go for philosophy if I am planning to take up religious studies in the future. So that is how I ended up taking up philosophy. And I should say that it is—it has not been a thing of regret ever since. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah, because now you are doing your MTH in Christian theology, and sometimes we think that theology is all about reading the bible only but i think it's much more than that and i think by taking a philosophy i i'm, I'm sure that it is helping you even in your higher studies uh, even in theological studies because even christian studies is so critical and you know we have to really give a thought it is much more than just the bible right correct correct i mean that is one of the biggest misconception about theological studies or theological students People think that all we do is read the Bible, but I think uh, uh, for me, uh, taking up theology has been, you know, very uh, beneficial because I, I got to learn so much more about the social life, about the history, and and many other things. So uh, I think Christian theology is not just about Bible, but it deals, you know, so much more than you know just religious studies. Yeah. So basically, uh, in this episode, what I've been wanting to discuss is about, uh, especially the role of women in our churches, especially in Nagaland, and you being one of the um, upcoming uh, women theologian, I should say, and and then maybe slowly you'll be going into church leadership. Now, how do you look at our church leadership uh, in terms of women's role in our church today, uh, especially in our Nagaland, especially in our local churches? The involvement of women in the leadership role in the religious circle. 
Oh yeah. Uh, first of all, let me point that you know I'm so thrilled that you have picked up this topic for a discussion because I see mm-hmm. that it is so pressing yet so rarely addressed. Am I right? Yeah, right. So uh, I, I'm hoping that it is this discussion is going to be worthwhile. So now back to the question: When you say women's leadership roles in our churches, mm-hmm, right, right. Uh, Naga context, right. I'm instantly forced to picture my church, Chang Baptist Lashon Kohima. Uh, well, not just mine, yours as well. Uh, now, yes. so during one of my BD assignments, I did a little research on women's leadership in CBLK, okay. Chang Baptist Lashong, okay. and found out that most of the major roles have been led by women. For instance, uh, the pastor of the church is a female right. herself. The music director, then comes the Christian education director, right. and currently. Even the building construction convener is a female. Right, right. So, you know, isn't that such an empowering way to begin our conversation? <laughs> well, as far as I'm aware regarding other churches too, I should admit that there has been an upward trajectory compared to the last few decades. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm getting to witness women as deacons and ordained ministers in many churches. Yes, yes. However, this for me, this does not negate the existence of the patriarchal influence right. because I have heard about churches who are still very, very skeptical about women ordination and providing leadership opportunities in bigger platforms. Yes. So, yeah, like I said, um, church le- leadership in our roles. Uh, when it comes, when I talk about my own church, I see that uh, it is really empowering. But uh, other churches, I cannot comment. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Our church is quite unique here in Kohima, as <laughs> as you have been pointing out. I, mm-hmm. As you have mentioned now, um, when you compare with other societies or even with other states, society is uh, mm. much more patriarchal as, as we are discussing that. And then, but now, on the other hand, I may be wrong in saying that also. But then, you no, know, we consider everyone as equal in many respects. But again, that's one side of the spectrum now. As you have just pointed out about the church here in Kohima, now most of the leaderships mm. are being taken by women. But now that's that's the side of the church where there is a little or less prejudice than the other. Um, other side of the society. Now, when you talk about political leadership, uh, now when you talk about other organizational leadership, men seems to be more dominant, right? Mm-hmm. Now, do you think that we are still yet to break the stereotyping, saying that no men are more powerful in in certain matters? So that how do you look in the matters of politics, mm-hmm. or say even when you look back into our villages, even? the governing bodies or the governing heads in our in our villages or even in the small setups are all taken up by men only right so uh yeah allow me to answer this way uh from the beginning of christianity uh women's position has remained in subjugation uh if you agree uh and yes i will say that changes happened here and there over many centuries and there has been mm-hmm. a move towards an egalitarian society yet some claim and hold on to the initial stages of the biblical text yes. declaring women as second to men or some say an initiator of sin in the world and you know even calling mm-hmm. up to the extent of calling uh, women as temptress etc so the early church and uh, right. celibate priests preached to keep women at bay in all spheres of life uh, 
you know, denying education and uh, directing them to remain silent in churches while obeying submissively. So for our Naga context, in many ways, I've mm-hmm. witnessed a sense of pseudo-feminism, if I'm allowed to say that. A state yes. where in speech, women are considered equal, yet there is a kind of a double standard on play. And when I say this, I mean that in actuality, the rights of a woman in a powerful or authoritative position is considered as a threat. <laughs> so let me not generalize, but uh, most men prefer women who would be a subordinate rather than be authoritative. So an outspoken woman is spoken ill of, and most times, the inclusion of women in important decision making is ignored. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that is just my observation. Uh, however, by saying this, let me not negate the improvements in women participation as well. Um, you know, I have seen, I have witnessed and it is appreciated, but I don't think we have fully achieved in breaking the stereotypes of women as, you know, the weaker gender. The Bible, as we know, was written in an era, in a time and place where men played uh, more dominant role, right? I think it's in the 60s now when uh, this feminist group uh, began to voice out the concerns uh, concerning women's rights or even women's roles in leadership. And so, uh, as you have rightly mentioned now, when we come back even to our state of Nagaland, we see some space being given even to women, but I'm sure that again, we are yet to break the stereotyping and and, we, we see the toxic masculinity in our, even in our state, right? Even in our society, where from place to place and from, I should say that, but from community to community, I think the perception of women in the leadership role is quite different, even in our society. What do you think of that? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, I have seen this type of concept uh, from, you know, I've seen this kind of talks even in the, the speech of young boys and girls sometimes. And I think it is, you know, ingrained so deeply. I mean, in a way, uh, people have been brainwashed from a very young age. And that is the effect or that is how strong, uh, how strong of an impact uh, patriarchal influence or the, the this patriarchal notion can be upon a person. So, uh, you know, I'll have to agree with you regarding the influence of mm-hmm. uh, male-dominated uh, society during those times. And uh, I think this largely due to uh, yes. this, this misinterpretation, misconception is largely also due to a weak interpretation of the scripture. Uh, specifically, Genesis 126. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, 126 where it says God created humankind in his image some theologians are of the view that this image Mm -hmm. of God is a relational concept and not an individual possession but rather a corporate present in humans in relationship this means that God created Mm -hmm. men and women to live in community and have fellowship in spite of their differences it also means that we or they require each other to fulfill certain tasks or responsibility assigned to them. So, uh, apart from biblical Mm -hmm. misinterpretation, uh, it also has to do with the social structure throughout the history. If uh, if I were to trace back, uh, Matilda Jocelyn, uh, Matilda Jocelyn records that when Rome became a Mm -hmm. Christian state, the condition of women under the civil law started deteriorating. So, with the introduction of Christian era, 
womanhood received a low status at the hands of the church to the extent okay this is mm-hmm. what i found out that to the extent that women were forbidden to write in her own name but only in the name of her husband and uh, you see even though the common law permitted women's right mm-hmm. in terms of inheritance the so-called canon law denied all the ownership and uh, like you said the outlook of church on human uh, sorry on women's rights is uh, based on you know biblical text particularly uh, genesis 3:16 where the blame mm-hmm. for adam's fall is you know most often put on eve's weakness and um, i see that it is often said that the whole humanity is guilty of original sin resulting into the subjugation of women so uh, when you say uh, toxic masculinity it is for me it is quite a strong word to use uh, to describe the situation in our churches and society as a whole because i have no experiences in other churches so rather i'd say that there is an issue of uh, superiority complex i i would rather use that word superiority complex in gender influenced by the patriarchal society yeah It's interesting that you have again um, brought out the biblical interpretation part on on how we perceive uh, the role of women or how we perceive women power or women leadership and and now let me just put this bluntly to you uh, like now uh, when you are reading the Bible there are many things that are, I mean even in the Bible that that speaks uh, against women right um, now there are biblical verses especially in the writings of apostle paul and 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 mm. uh, where we know he talks about yes. the submission of women in the household if you look into the book of ephesians uh colossians and even about the role of women in the church like uh, if we uh, if we read the first corinthians 14 and even in first timothy so mm-hmm. these verses i mean naturally portrays the submissive nature of women in household and in church leadership so some preachers then to pick up this isolated words and 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 push the male dominance or male dominated agenda right in in thought and practice and that's what they are being preached right if they point out that it's in the bible and 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 some will without really understanding without reading the context of the bible you know they just believe it as the biblical truth and especially in in this era where there is such a loud noise of empowerment women empowerment so where we are called to treat everyone equally so now in a church now what kind of interpretative line should we take now no keeping those things in mind basically i'm asking how what kind of hermeneutical you no know, role should we be taking now in this juncture yes yes uh a beautiful question uh, i should say this is a beautiful question uh, also often discussed in our academical circles as well uh, so allow me to confess a sad reality of christian leaders and churches uh, especially mm-hmm. in context to india so it was shocking to know that there are still quite a few theologically trained church leaders right. and individuals who are upheld by women in powerful positions So there are many churches against ordination of women and women in pulpits. Mm-hmm. So this is not when I say this this is right. not a thing of the past that I'm talking about. It still exists in many parts of the world and uh, particularly in India. Uh, so when asked 
the reason behind it, mm-hmm. it is so common to find them quoting Bible verses like the ones you've mentioned. And in the case of prohibiting women from teaching, 1 Timothy chapter 2 verses yes. uh, 8 to 15 is often quoted as a justification. So in my conversation with a fellow classmate, the yeah. observation was that most male pastors or leaders quote Apostle Paul in regards to the women in the ministry. But little focus is applied on the intention and context in which Paul spoke. Mm-hmm. So uh, there is a person, there's a scholar called V. Devasahayam. He also says that Paul is the most quoted yet often misquoted biblical author on the status and role of women at home and in church. So thus the misinterpretation of any scripture mm-hmm. can create negative impact. Therefore, um, as long as the church or the church leaders profess and preach sexist idea of God, humans, or even of the world, there cannot be holistic healing and transformation. That is what I believe. So it should be reminded that, uh, like we already mm-hmm. mentioned before, Bible was written by men in a male-dominated era, and as a result of which, it is apparent that the language is androcentric. So thereby, uh, there is a need for new perspective through a new lens that specifically includes equal participation of both men and women for God's service and mission. Right. Now, I think one of the challenges, I mean, even for leaders and even people in church leadership, I think it's it's about all it's all about interpretation, right? Because as you have mentioned again, the Bible was written by male in a male-dominated society. And then the context and the situations in which the Bible was written is quite different from the context and the times that we are living here today, right? Yes. And so uh, I think that's where many goes wrong and that's where I think misinterpretations and that's where uh, our church hermeneutics goes wrong. I think that's, that is one of the uh, reasons I think where everything goes wrong and, and as I rightly mentioned, there is a need to even within our society, I think, even in our local churches to find a new lens of interpretation, a new harmonical tools where we would be able to incorporate and the idea of empowerment, the idea of equality through a new lens, I think it's imperative that church leadership should work, I think, on, on that line. Yes, yes. Very ironically now, um, in terms of leadership now, we are saying that there are things that needs to be corrected even in terms of church leadership or even in our social political leadership but when you uh, look mm-hmm. at women again now when you talk about spirituality women are much more committed than men right so everywhere you go every church you visit i think you will you will you'll mostly see mothers and women attending mm-hmm. the church right now that's the irony that's what i'm i'm, I'm mm-hmm. saying so why do you think you no know, men lives the spiritual activity more to the mothers and women How do you observe those mm-hmm. trends that is in our society today? <laughs> yeah, I may not have a direct answer for that, but uh, the reason uh, for men living spiritual activity more than women uh, could be laziness. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I, I don't know, jokes apart, well, pardon me, but it would be very biased of me to assume the level of spirituality in terms of commitment of any genders so mm-hmm. the first statement i have no comment uh, where, where, okay. where you say you know spiritually women are more committed than men i have no comment but on a very practical and 
visible level, yes, it is observable that the attendance of women in church services and activities are often higher in number compared to men. Uh, that mm-hmm. is agreeable. And to which I have no clue as to why, uh, you know, why that is a trend. Maybe mm-hmm. you could answer that better from a male <laughs> perspective. Uh, however, one thing I experience, which may be very subjective, uh, is that of the psychological and social influence. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, see, I've, I've seen boys and young men mocking their friends if they participated in church activities. And uh, it was often in languages such as, um, you know, in Nagami's over holy holiday, you know, those kind right. of words which resulted in hurting their male egos. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I cannot locate the source, the exact source, but I personally feel that the notion of spiritual activities as feminine, okay, as 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 feminine is somehow ingrained into the minds of uh, the young boys in their adolescent stages. Mm-hmm. And it should be noted that this particular stage is where they are, uh, where they build conscious about their uh, appearances and actions. So such negative influences often lead to a state where men think that exposing their spiritual side would challenge their manhood, right? right? So I may be totally wrong in this. So uh, you're a man, (laughs) so you can correct me on this. But that's uh, what I think it is. That's also like um, what we have been observing again. One of the reasons is also the the male masculinity, right? Mm -hmm. Men think they are much more stronger than women. And so maybe that's one of the reasons why maybe men live more of uh, their spiritual activities even at home to the mothers to the women to the sisters or the female companion right Right. of course this question is always debatable because i'm i'm not trying to generalize all the men but some men are much more spiritual than women maybe so it is just uh in in general observation that i've been asking and and what you have said is i think yes partly true as well you know okay yeah to supplement on that, uh, I think it's also partly because of gender roles as well, I believe. Uh, like you said, you know, women are supposed to do this, men are supposed to do that. So uh, that kind of gender roles can also come in play uh, when it comes to this kind of uh, matters. It's not an assigned role. I mean, it's not a written role, but I think deep down, most of our practices, most of our activities are done in terms of, you know, even even in church, we don't have a set or written liturgy, but you no, know, everything goes according to an unwritten form. So I think more or less, even here, yeah. as you have rightly mentioned, as assigning the gender roles, it's, even though it's not in a written form, maybe that's how we perceive and that's how I think we have seen and then that's why maybe these things happen so yeah that's a good observation as well mm. now when you talk about uh, women empowerment now we are uh, led to go back to this 60s and 70s where this feminist ideology came very strongly right mm. in the west mm. and so now even in the theological circle now we talk about uh, the feminist uh, theology the feminist interpretation of the bible and so this feminist theology maybe takes into account the experience, the struggles. Um, most of the feminists would take the examples of women struggling, women women having to face different issues. And so, and that's how I think the theology and that's how as 
hermeneutics are being uh, made. So now when you come back to our own local context and to our own local churches, now how far do you see our churches you now incorporating the, mm. the idea of uh, feminist struggles uh, in our local churches? So here again, I am limited by the experience of just my own church and the place I grew up in. Mm-hmm. So I cannot speak for all the churches because uh, all the churches have different experiences uh, run in their own system. But one thing is mm-hmm. for certain that the way I see it, our society is yet to fully embrace or accept feminist theology. Uh, it pinches out a few concepts mm-hmm. here and there, but to put into practice in its entirety is almost uh, almost impossible. Or even if it does, it would be another few. It would take another uh, few uh, decades or so. Why I say this is because mm-hmm. the term feminism or feminist itself is seen as um, an evil concept by many in the church community, uh, community. In fact, even in the theological circles for some, right? right. So in my own experience, uh, many scholars and theological students present papers on feminism and feminist theology, uh, you know, the, the feminist experiences gaining so many of uh, accolades, but very few who would actually put it into practice. Mm-hmm. So that is where we're at in regards to feminist ideas. And as I've shared in the beginning, my church uh, is doing pretty well in terms of promoting women participation and leadership. Mm -hmm. But it does not mean that the other churches would be in the same condition. So I think uh, for those churches, there is still a wide gap to incorporate women participation and encourage leadership opportunities and at the same time validate the experiences of women as well. Rightly said, when we look into our Naka society, I, I think comparatively, I think we are doing much more better in terms of treating everyone equally. Uh, we talk about women leadership, we talk about women empowerment and comparatively when you talk about the treatment of women, I think our society is much more accommodative and then we, I think we treat everyone equally, whether maybe a child or a male child or even a female child. Considering the other parts of the world, uh, I think there is an equilibrium that uh, we see in our society. So do you think that the accommodative nature is, is culturally met or I may be wrong in saying that then how do you uh, look into those issues as well, you know? Yeah, well, uh, your question, uh, I cannot help but uh, it, it reminds me firstly of the condition of the women mm-hmm. in Afghanistan under the Taliban rule. Um, and of course, I know it's an extreme case, but if I were to compare the Muslim women under the mm-hmm. Sharia law to my church or society at the present, then I see... Uh, a huge difference and I kind of heave a sigh of relief but uh, with a heavy heart for the woman suffering there. So yes, I can say that there is a wiggle room for the women here but that does not change the fact that women are often looked Mm. down as gullible and sometimes even to the extent of um, even to the extent of considering women as a mere childbearing and rearing uh, entity Mm -hmm. or a body so this has forced the notion of women as a property of uh, parents before marriage and a property of husband after marriage. Thus, submission and obedience were or are still ideals mm-hmm. of a good woman, if I'm allowed to say that. 
So such treatments of women in uh, patriarchy are made normal and natural uh, because it goes on and on. And uh, and because of this very reason, though women are given platforms and opportunities, uh, women are still expected to be thankful for the position as if a favor is done and not because she's entitled uh, to wit as equal as men. So I have never participated uh, mm-hmm. politically and uh, when it comes to elections or um, even in terms of economic, I have never participated. So I cannot speak on behalf of them. And as far as my experience is concerned, even in church or at home, or even uh, my educational field, uh, I have never in a way felt, um, you know, I've never felt uh, less than. I have never been made to feel that way. So um, I, I cannot say that, you know, I was treated in a wrong way. <laughs> And like I said, if we were to compare uh, our society with that of the conservative societies, then I think we are a mile ahead and there is a space for women, uh, for women voices to be heard. But uh, I don't know, whatever the reason may be, there are women who are, yes, fighting in the forefront uh, to, to make the voice of women heard but there are also still some who are still living under the uh, shadow of the patriarchy who are still under the influence of uh, inferiority complex so uh, I, i i just want to say that i think it is high time that you know if if a space is provided i think we women should voice out and uh, kind of be activist in in a good way in a good way so um, I'd like to quote one of my professors from college uh, Dr. Viju Wilson uh, he said this very beautifully uh, he said this way equalizing the space uh, practically stands for the equal sharing of the space with her and the sharing is not his charity but her right justice compellingly demands him to vacate the encroached space which is uh, ought to be kept common uh, where she also can celebrate her life in its fullness so i think that's uh, you know um, a summary in itself uh, needless to explain but uh, uh, I, i i think that's true uh, women are made to feel that if she is given an opportunity or if she's given uh, a leadership role in many ways she is made to feel that uh, it is given um, you know it is a favor it is a favor to her and not uh, not because she deserves it or because uh, it's a right so yeah th- that that's just uh, an observation made from my point of view before we wind up i would like to just ask one more questions to you um, maybe you can just Uh, and so it from your experience or maybe from how you perceive the things that is going on around us do you think that the way we look at our other gender do you think that it's the result of our our religious system or do you think it's because of our faith that's that's one thing that i want to ask and and then if i am to add again how, what are the ways in which you want to see more uh, women leadership being promoted being given and maybe what are the things that you want to see changing in our society in our church uh, in terms of women leadership yes uh, i think um, 
I will have to agree that Naga, uh, Nagas as a society have made a huge paradigm shift in the leadership of women uh, in the present decade, mm-hmm. um, which is a huge heads up for me. And we are witnessing women politicians, uh, strong women preachers and pastors and missionaries as well. Uh, even even uh, entrepreneurs, so to say. Uh, I've seen so many uh, women coming up uh, in the entrepreneurship level in businesses. So it, it is so important empowering to see all this happening and yes i will have to agree that in a way uh, naga as a society has created a, a very safe heaven so to say uh, when it comes to opportunities for women mm-hmm. and freedom up to uh, up to a great extent i should say so uh, yes that is uh, that is very empowering and very encouraging uh, it all looks very bright uh, when when we talk about this but i feel that somewhere deep within there is still a sense of uh, patriarchal mm-hmm. influence which is up to no good <laughs> and uh, it, it must be clarified to the men that uh, feminism does not uh, marches hatred mm-hmm. towards men that is one clarification that that should be made because when we talk about feminism or feminist uh, the the only notion that the first notion that comes to people mind is okay women women want to uh, you know supersede men or women is trying to uh, you know topple down men's authority or power but but one thing has to be made uh, one thing that has to be made clear is it's not about that it is not a movement or ideology to upsurge mm. men from their positions but uh, rather it is a humble call for help and uh, sensitizing about equal participation it is for me i feel that it is more of an uh, educational movement so to say uh, i may be wrong but for me for me i feel that way so uh, regarding changes um like i said i i have never felt less than uh, when i've participated with men so uh, i cannot uh, no i cannot speak on behalf of those women who have felt exploited or you know who have felt uh, less than but um, when we talk about changes uh, changes need not have to be huge you know need not have to be in a very uh, large activity right. or a large movement but i think uh, the little changes that we can make is uh, you know even educating our own family uh, i think home is where it should start uh, family is where education should start so um, i think you know uh, when it comes to gender education uh, even little girls and boys should be educated mm-hmm. or should be made aware um, of you know gender you know not kind of stereotyping gender roles so um, i think uh, it is not just the church response but it is it has to do with individual response yeah so it has been a pleasure talking to you um thank you so much for coming and sharing some of the issues that we are facing even in our society even in our churches and it has been an eye-opener even for me before we wind up, would you like to give any last remark for our listeners? 
uh, yeah, first of all, thank you so much uh, for having me here. Uh, like I said, it is a very pressing issue uh, which uh, which needs more discussion, more dialogue. So thank you for taking up the step to um, you know make this happen. Uh, my last remark would be, uh, like I've already mentioned, uh, one thing is uh, we women are aware of the uh, physiological difference and we respect we really respect that but women empowerment when we talk about women empowerment it is mm-hmm. on a very cerebral level it is like i said it is a call to accept and accommodate equality and justice that is due to women so uh, i pray and hope that as god intended for both genders uh, we uh, both uh, male and female will participate equally for his kingdom yeah thank you thank you so much And so that's all we have for this episode in the Wooden Cross. Do subscribe to the Wooden Cross podcast in Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast or on any other platforms you listen on. You can also follow the Wooden Cross Instagram page and leave your comments and feedbacks. So do join next week for more exciting episodes. Blessings to all and stay safe.